What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. Everybody. This episode of the Wedgecast is actually a solo episode. So um, I lost all my friends and uh, nobody would record with me. So I'm here by myself. Um, <laughs> no, we're actually decided to do our 10th episode of the Wedgecast as a wrap up of uh, season number one. We're going to cut the season off and repackage it and move on to season number two um, with a whole new amazing lineup of people. Uh, season number one cannot be more thrilled at the people um, who we had on the show. Awesome set of guests and just some heavy hitters in the HR culture leadership space. And we're excited for season number two as well. So um, just wanted to basically consolidate a lot of thoughts um, that we had collectively as even our internal organization. We look back and we, we, we see and we listen to basically what people were talking about. And so all the guests on the show at some point in time basically hinted at the same time or basically hinted at the same topic. And that's be you. Be yourself more. Uh, don't be afraid to showcase who you are. Don't be afraid to dive deeper into who you are as a person. Don't be afraid to say no to a job that doesn't really reflect who you are as a person. Don't be afraid to push yourself out there more. Um, so that the world knows who you truly are. And so that was really interesting for us to reflect and see back. I mean, so the collective guest lists are heavy hitters in the HR talent acquisition space. And these are people who build and have designed some amazing structures for how to hire talent. And yet they're all talking about a very personal 
um, tangible thing of like, be yourself and showcase that and find a job that wants to hire you for you. And that was just really, really exciting for us to uh, listen and hear and reflect on and encouraging as well, too. So as we finished up nine episodes, this will be number 10, and then moving on to season number two, we have been asked a couple times um, and, and per request to share the story of Wedge came to be. And also, I'm not you know entirely comfortable with this idea, but... Um, have been encouraged to share sort of my story that has led up to where Wedge is and, and that part of it as well. Um, I'm not uncomfortable with it because of just talking a lot. I, obviously, I don't really struggle to, to chat, and that's not really a big problem for me. But I, to me, I had a little bit of a self-conscious feeling about putting material out there and saying, hey, world, this is material that I think is worth listening to, and it's all about me. And that, to me, seems, A, very emotionally intelligent, like in an emotional intelligent way, just very dumb. And second, there's just like an element of conceitedness to it. But then I realized that our story um, and, and the lead-up process to that is actually really cool. And um, if nothing else, I hope that it can be taken as a encouragement, and I hope that I can share just as many mistakes because there's way more mistakes than there are successes and share those and ultimately help guide somebody else down the path or encourage somebody else down the path as well too. So without further ado, um, the, the brief backstory to where Wedge came to be, um, I owned a little lawn care company throughout high school and college. And when I say that, it literally started as like the chubby kid mowing a few neighbors' lawns and friends of parents' lawns uh, to make some extra money. And so I quickly learned uh, in two or three lawns a week, I could make more money than if I went and got a part-time job. So that was like the taste for entrepreneurship. I got really lucky because I had a little bit of a equipment to use and I started using that and to be honest the very first time I mowed a lawn for somebody else was actually the first time I ever mowed a lawn so if that paints a picture of who I am as a person it's let's throw a bunch of darts out there and see what sticks and then figure out how to do better you know find the one that does stick and do that way more often that's sort of how I've started my career and to this day still operates. So started as uh, mowing a lawn, mowing two lawns, mowing three lawns, and the business grew and grew. And by my uh, senior year of high school, so I'm from Ann Arbor and I went to Hope College, so I knew I was going to Hope. I decided to hire my first uh, full-time employee, basically for the idea that I was going to be gone during the spring and fall, and so I need somebody to help out and keep the business going. So what I went into reflecting and thinking about for hiring and not that I had any plan and not that I reviewed any resumes. I'm not going to pretend that it was anything robust. I mean, it just as much as hiring friends as it was anything else. But one thing that was important to me was how do you handle personal interactions with people? And that's if you can shake somebody's hand, if you can have a conversation, if you can be confident enough in yourself to be able to, to, to have a conversation with somebody, then I can teach you how to mow a lawn, I can teach you how to weed whack, I can teach you how to spread mulch, but the soft skills and the value of being able to ha have a conversation with somebody are not very easily teachable. And so if you can do those, we can teach you the rest. And so that's where the foundation for hiring um, started and the idea of which kind of wedge is inspired to be today, um, where a lot of that began. So 
speed up a little bit. So my sophomore year going into junior year at Hope, I had two uh, full-time employees and about five part-time employees. And we were doing about 60 uh, business accounts between personal or like residential and commercial accounts. And it was really, really fun. I mean, I got, I finished um, a couple classes early that semester so I could bump home and uh, get back to the lawn care. And so for basically May, June, and July, I was doing 100 to 120 hour weeks. I mean, in bed by one or two in the morning, up by five, five thirty, taking care of maintenance and just, just working like crazy. And it didn't feel like I was working because of how much I was enjoying it. I mean, we were growing like crazy, taking on some awesome clients and it, it just turned out to be a blast. And so I was randomly at um, Dan's Downtown Tavern in Saline, and I was uh, hanging out with a buddy, grabbing a beer, and one of the local lawn care companies came and approached me, and I'd know, we, like we had known each other pretty well, and the guy said, hey, I know you're managing this from a distance uh, during the spring and fall. If you ever want to sell your accounts, let me know. And I had no idea, no plan, no intention. At some point, I was going to have to make a decision about whether I wanted to be in West Michigan or not, but I had no idea about the idea of selling the business. Well, so <clears throat> we might have had another beer and discussed a little bit further, and the guy ultimately made an offer to buy the whole business, accounts, equipment, everything. So that night, I called up one of my friends and who owned a property management company, and I said, what do you think about this? Do you have any ideas, suggestions? Just mentor me in this. And well, he basically said to me, like, I think that's a great offer. I think timing-wise makes sense. I think you're planning on being over in West Michigan anyways. I mean, this makes a lot of sense. So I said, okay, great. I'm going to have to think about this. And he said, so here's the deal. I'm actually going to offer you this. And so he offered me basically this for the same exact deal, accounts, equipment, everything. And three days later, sold the whole business. So I was completely done, hands-free. And to this day... Um, it was like, I call this God's grace. Some people call it luck, but to me, it was like one of the most amazing experiences that I had no idea was ever going to happen. I mean, literally fell from the sky and got my taste and sort of the, uh, the little bit of a drug for entrepreneurship. And wow, this is a cool world we live in and we can build some pretty amazing things. And so of course it was a small lawn care company and nothing, nothing glamorous, but it was a cool opportunity to experience it. Uh, I was excuse me, 21 at the time when that happened. So fast forward a couple months, um, started thinking through this idea of, well, for one was like, what's next? What am I going to do next? What's the next thing I want to build or start or whatever that is. Started thinking through this idea of hiring and time and time again, I kept having conversations about people hiring for internships and different stuff like that, that they, they would know pretty quickly in the hiring process, whether somebody was going to be a good fit or not. And a lot of times that came down to similar stuff that I hired for with my lawn care. If you can shake somebody's hand, if you can have a conversation, if you're confident enough in yourself, you can teach the technical stuff. You can teach the skills, but you can't teach the personal interactions with people. And so the f I started thinking about this idea is, is there an opportunity to create a platform for companies to have a better insight into people and for job seekers to have a better opportunity to showcase and market who they are above and beyond just what they've done via resumes, cover letters, sheets of paper. And so fast forward, uh, basically the idea turned into being a video interviewing platform or a, a video resume platform. And the idea, again, pretty similar to what I said, but was for companies 
yes, there's an efficiency component to it, but also an effectiveness of diving deeper into people and diving deeper into having an understanding of who people are before you actually get into the interview process to have an understanding of a little bit more about who somebody is so that when you're actually interviewing, you get to dive into deeper job-specific related things, any number of things. Then from a candidate job seeker's perspective, it's an opportunity to tell the world who you are, right? A cover letter, a resume, an application shares what you've done, maybe what you've accomplished, maybe tells a little bit of a story, but there's nothing there that showcases who you are. And at least in this job seeking stage, hiring stage, and the way basically things are going, people want to hire for, or companies want to hire for culture. They want to hire for fit. They want to hire for, you know, where can we value people and where can we have people who love what they do and love, you know, coming to work every day. And then the flip side of that, job seekers want to be in a spot where they actually like going to work. And so there, it seemed to be this missing component of who people are, who companies are hiring for and who people are presenting themselves. And that was basically the original idea. Idea on a napkin was to be a video interviewing tool. And so fast forward, fast forward. Um, I was doing a pitch. So we started to build the platform. Um, Patrick McCarran, our CTO, was working for another organization at the time. And we brought him on uh, basically to build as a software software engineer to build the product from the ground up. And to this day, um, he is the single biggest reason why the product exists. And we wouldn't uh, be where we were at if it wasn't for him. Um, And so we started to build this product. And I was doing a pitch contest at Hope College um, for their entrepreneurial program. And they, I was pitching the idea and the business and stuff like that. And as soon as I got off stage, somebody approached me and said, Hey, Matt, I've got somebody who I want you to meet. Um, will you be willing to sit down with them? I said, yeah, absolutely. So it turned out to be uh, Dan Barcheski at Axios HR in Grand Rapids, which is a massive staffing firm, uh, HR firm, and, and just absolutely amazing people over there. So the first time I met Dan, basically he shared a story how he started his first staffing organization at age 24. And so I'm sitting across from a guy who's literally done exactly what I wanted to do 20, 30 years from now and has built this amazing organization. And he said to me, hey, look, I want to help you out. Um, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you out. Please reach into, you know, tap into me, um, reach out however I can help out. And, um, but also I think our company can use your platform. And so three years ago, Axios HR was our, you know, basically first spearheading client. We had a couple companies beta test it and start to use it beforehand, but that was basically our first step into like, institutionalized clients. And so to this day, um, there's, you know, still an amazing client of ours and just amazing people. And it's been an absolute blast working with them. But that all of a sudden started my thinking of like, wait a minute, we actually have something here and there's opportunity here. So speed up, speed up, speed up. You know, we have gone through everything from raising capital, angel investors, seed investors to creating a scalable product. And to be honest, from my perspective, so Rob Kish and Patrick McCarran, so Rob runs operations and Patrick runs the the tech side of things. They probably uh, deal with the blunt the, the, the brunt of a lot of my, uh, just psycho ideas of throwing, throwing darts at the wall and seeing what sticks. And sometimes, well, more often than not, they fail rather than they, they go anywhere. So my apologies to those guys, but it's, it's just been a wild ride in the sense of learning how to build a business while running a business. Right. And so, um, a brief story on raising capital. So, 
I had obviously from the lawn care company and being pretty young in my career, I had no idea about the idea of investments or anything like that. Had no idea what that process looks like or anything. So I, um, one thing that I'm very proud of and I still do to this day, and I would highly encourage anybody at any stage there in their career, um, to meet more people. And so this is tangibly how I do it. I have a rule that twice a week I meet somebody new whether it's for coffee, a beer, lunch, whatever it is, I meet somebody new. And I still do that to this day because um, the network, the people, the relationships you can build are phenomenal. And people just love to meet other people. And so I've started to do that. So I met a guy who um, works at Hope College and said, hey, I've got an alum for you to meet. Uh, he's a pretty high-profile businessman. you got a call set up for Monday morning. Don't miss this, miss this call. So I said, okay, uh, this ought to be interesting. So I... Uh, called the number that was given, did a little bit of back research, and it was a pretty high-profile businessman on, on the East Coast. And um, the guy, you know, he's, he said, hey, Matt, um, I've got about five minutes. Do you mind sharing, you know, about two minutes of uh, yourself, about two minutes of your business, and then we can kind of follow from there. So I said, sure. So shared a little bit of my story, the lawn care, everything like that, and then shared about the business. Hey, we're creating this video interviewing platform and a video resume platform. Um, this is where we're headed. So he said, okay, great, thanks, that's all I need to know, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll chat soon. So, got off the phone, I think I did the phone call in my bedroom, and I'm thinking, like, okay, what just happened? Like, was that good, was that bad, how'd I do? Like, was I supposed to pitch him something, ask him something, like, had no idea. So, 48 hours went by, and, and I got three emails from him. One was related to business, one was related to hiring, one was related to tech investing. And he said, hey, do you mind uh, hopping on a call again? I said, sure, happy to. So I picked up the phone and basically the first thing he said was, hey, great chatting with you. Um, do you want me to be an investor? <laughs> and I, I, you know, I try to do the best at like being mature and holding my composure, but I'm pretty sure I laughed and I said, yeah, that sounds good. And so that, that was it. And so, um, to this day, he has been an amazing uh, mentor. Yes, he's an investor, but he's been an incredible advisor and mentor and just a very good person. Ultimately, he's um, going to be a lead on our board of directors as well, too. And so I've just gotten very, very lucky. Um, that was a, a very much a God gift. And I have uh, no idea how to encourage another startup founder or entrepreneur to to find yourself in that scenario other than just like meet people, be hungry, be on time and just show that you have a dream. And like, I got incredibly, incredibly lucky with that scenario and the right time, right place, right circumstance. Um, but with that being said, uh, that it's people like that, that have helped build our business. And it's people like that who've helped, you know, who help entrepreneurs spearhead and go through this thing. And so, um, that's been amazing for us. And so we're actually, finishing up currently our series a investment round and just a couple notes on that that i've learned um for one uh budget twice as long as you think you need so if you're starting to raise capital in january and you need the money by june start raising capital in june so that you can have it for the next june it just takes um it's at no fault of anybody but just the process is a slow moving process and um I would just definitely encourage you to give yourself some time and breathing room to go down that path. And the secondly, and this is way more important, I would say um, I would highly encourage uh, people to recognize that raising capital actually has very little to do with um, 
the business plan. And so I know that's probably counterintuitive, but from all the angel and seed investors, venture capitalists that I've talked to, just about every single one has made the comment of, we invest in people, we don't invest in plans. And so when I've talked to a lot of people who are early stage investors, one of the comments they make is, Typically, about 10% of the investment that I make has to do with the business idea and making sure that it's an opportunity. The other 90% or so, if not more, is investing in the person and the right person, somebody that we trust. And so if you're out there thinking about raising capital or think about scaling a business, yes, preparation is important. Yes, plans are important. Yes, financials are important. But also understand that people are investing in you. And so do what you can to establish trust, show that you're hungry, show that you're willing to learn. And and people, that's contagious. People want to invest in that. People want to support that. So that's just through a lot of mistakes and um, things that I have learned. I think that's, there's a lot of value in taking that approach. Now, obviously you got to make sure you got a plan and a business model and stuff like that, but just be somebody who's trustworthy and, and follow through on things and reach out to people and meet people and, and you'll, you'll find what you're looking for. So let's speed up a little bit. <clears throat> so our business today is basically an opportunity and a model and a product for job seekers to have an opportunity to showcase who they are and for companies to have an opportunity to screen and have a better understanding of who people are in the early stages of the hiring process. And so um, we are run by an incredible staff. And so the leaders of that, um, Patrick McCarran does all the product design and Rob, our uh, product, you know, everything from product design to product uh, software engineering to um, our, our data hubs and everything like that. He's, he's phenomenal. And then Rob basically has helped the business scale from a pr- process standpoint and an operation standpoint. And it's been an amazing couple of people and staff that we've worked with that have helped us grow like crazy. Um, and I, I can't be more thankful of, um, that. And it's, it's just amazing the people that we've had. And I also want to give, um, a little bit of a shout out for people who have, uh, not a little bit, a lot of a shout out for people who have helped build the organization, um, has been a part of it as well. So Gavin Midlam is actually the, um, founder of the idea wedge. Uh, he basically, we were sitting down for coffee and he said, what do you think about the name wedge about being a wedge in the hiring process between basically the resume and the first interview. And that's where the idea came from, started to stick and people loved it. So, um, I want to give credit where credit's due. And then also two guys, um, who have been a part of the organization and offered a very unique skill set and help push us forward were uh, Ryan Billman and Colton Overway of guys who were um, definitely a part of the early stage, stages of building this company. And I couldn't be more thankful for those guys and the value they add and the connections they've brought. So um, just an amazing, amazing group of people that we have been surrounded by and mentors and advisors and investors who have poured into us um, for this process, which ultimately leads into what I'm most passionate to talk about on here is the point of all this. So I got to be honest for people who are interested in making a lot of money. There are easier ways of making money than like being a startup founder, starting a business. There are way easier ways. I want to be clear. There are easier ways of making money than doing that. There, there is a, you have to, you have to have a deeper purpose to what you're doing, um, in order to keep the drive going because one, the money is not going to mean much if you get to the point where you actually are making money and two, um, it wears out in a hurry. And so to share a little bit and to open up a little bit about what wedge is like the much deeper, 
um, point of what we're building, the much broader perspective, and ultimately the value that we're hoping that sticks around for 20, 30, 40, 50 years past us, is we want to be a platform that helps people share their story. But deeper than that, we want to be a platform and we want to be a company and we want to ultimately be a brand that helps people understand and showcase their purpose. And so nine episodes of the podcast, I couldn't be more thankful for the people on the show because they've built amazing organizations um, from a talent perspective. But deeper than that, they're people who are loving what they do, serving other people and adding value because of how fired up they are and, and, and the value that they're bringing to work. And so those are people that I want to spend time with. And those that's kind of why I started the podcast is I just want to hang out with people and it's a good excuse to do so. These are people who get fired up for work and they have a purpose and they know that purpose and, and they, they spend their days working on, um, that purpose and adding value there. And so, um, where I want our brand to be and what I want our brand and ultimately where our, our team wants our brand to go is that we want to be a platform that encourages people to showcase your purpose and to do so in your career. And so there's a lot of people out there who are absolutely miserable. There's a lot of people out there who make a lot of money and are miserable. There's a lot of people who are lost and have no idea about, you know, what they should do next or anything like that. And Ultimately, I think so much, you spend so much time, 40 to 50 to 60 to 70 hours a week at your job to 10,000, you know, hours uh, uh, throughout the course of your career. It's such a waste of time if you're miserable. Find what fills your bucket. Find what gets you fired up. Find what you can do over and over again and do more of that and just go do more of that and just go do more of that. And whether that's in a big corporation, you know that your niche is helping find talent or building products or designing products or whatever that is, go do more of that. If your passion is you want to start a business and you want to jump into something and take a leap of faith in that sense, do more of that. Like there are just so many people out there who get trapped in this endless cycle of hating their job and hating their career, but it brings a good paycheck and they're, they hate what they're doing. And so it gets me really fired up. Like, honestly, the most value I get in my day and what we're doing is when I get somebody reach out to me, whether they're working for another company or trying to start something and say, Hey, would you be willing to sit down? I got a couple ideas I want to run by you. And I would, I just want to talk to you about it. And little do they know, I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to starting businesses, but I'm always happy to sit down and <laughs> offer my opinion. But that's where the most amount of value, like I, I get so fired up hearing those experiences and hearing people and talking to people like that, because those are people willing to take a risk. Those are people willing to take a leap of faith. Those are people willing to understand that there's so much more to life than hating what they're doing. And there's so much time and value to be offered that they're just willing to do it and they're willing to ask questions and they're willing to throw out dumb ideas and they're willing to try something. Those are the people you want to spend time with. And when you stop and like selfishly think about your own purpose, your own passion, you are such a better person when you're doing more of the things that you enjoy that it's contagious and it no longer becomes about yourself. Go do something that fires you up so much that time disappears, that you lose track of what time is and it's nothing but like what you're focused on and you're loving it and, and you're enjoying it and go do something that serves other people. And if you can get yourself 
in that space and adding value like that, the world's become such a better place. And so, yes, at the end of the day, we're a video interviewing tool that helps companies hire and helps job seekers articulate who they are. At the end of the day, we want to help people. We want to help companies find the right people and we want uh, and job seekers to showcase who they are so that they're placed in the right role. Because there's so much more to people than, than, than just a paycheck. There's so much more to people than just being a job filler. If we want to really start to change the culture of work, we have to like recognize ourselves that we got to do more of what we enjoy. Look, there's 20% of my job that I despise. I, there, there's just 20% of tasks, tasks that I can't stand. But the other 80% get me so fired up that I lose track of time. And the other 80% is networking with people and spending time with people and hearing about ideas and trying new things and taking risks and failing so many times that I love what I'm doing day in and day out. And it's like, I, I feel selfish that I get to experience that and I don't get to offer that to other people as well too. And so the inspiration behind the podcast is to spend time with people who feel the same way and let's talk and let's have conversations that we can talk to other people about and let's hire people and, and show people this opportunity. And so at the end of the, I'm, I could talk for hours about this and for the sake of those listening, I don't want to take too much time, but I just want to say this. There's more to you than just a paycheck. There's more to you than just a a day in and day out, clocking and clocking out. And I'm telling you, you have a lot to offer and you have a purpose and you have a point and you have a calling and go do more of that. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay. Go talk to people. Go spend time with those who do know what they're doing or those that are fired up. You can tell when somebody's actually happy or not because they smile a lot. They laugh a lot. Go spend time with those people and you're going to learn way more about yourself and ultimately find something that you love so much that it's no longer about yourself. It's serving others. Because if we can all reach a place in our career that, yeah, there's 20% of just shit you don't want to do and that's okay. But the other 80%, if you're fired up and you're adding value, the world just becomes a better place. And so, yes, Wedge is a product. We're a business. We're in this to, to scale. We're in this to grow. We're trying to do some amazing things. And, and that's what fires us up. And we're excited. And that's why we're taking on investors. And we're going to rock this thing out. And I know this. I know that this thing is going to be successful. And I, it, because of the people that are surrounded it. But ultimately, the deeper point of all this is we want people to have a purpose. And we want people to know that they have a purpose. At the end of the day, everybody's got a story and everybody's got something to offer and we want to help with that. And so for anybody listening who just has no idea or they're confused and they're, or they're, they're just lost or anything like that, I'm not sure how much I can offer, but feel free to shoot me an email because this is the stuff that gets me the most fired up to help. My email is just matt at competitivewedge.com, which is our website. Kick me a note because um, – I want to help and I want to help however we can. And yeah, we want to do business with companies and we want to offer value and we want to make money. But uh, ultimately, I want to help people and I want to help people. And I believe that that's how you build foundations and that's how you build brands and that's how you build support. And so um, I, I can't articulate how thankful I am for our core staff and the people involved and the investors and the, and the mentors. Um, and I can't be thankful enough for the clients that we have and the people willing to take risks on us. Um, and ultimately, uh, those listening and supporting, I hope that there's value that's added. And if there's anything we can do differently or, um, please reach out. And this is the stuff that gets us fired up. So stay tuned for season number two. There's going to be, um, some rock stars on there and there's going to be some amazing people. And, um, 
we are just so, so thankful. So, as always, thanks for supporting the Wedgecast. Stay tuned for more episodes. We'll be in touch. 